What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and the time for the NHL expansion draft is tantalizingly almost upon us. On Sunday, the protection list for the expansion draft went live at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. It was supposed to be at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, but I got to assume one of two things either happened. Either there was one team that was not compliant, and who knows, they could lose a draft pick or something down the line if their lists weren't compliant, or they just had an intern get the briefcases mixed up, a la the Oscars. In any case, 10.30 a.m. Eastern is when the protect lists went live on Sunday, and ever since then, hockey fans from around the world have been pouring over those protect lists and drafting, mock drafting, I should say, their Vegas Golden Knights roster based on who has not been protected, and we are about to join that fray as well. We're gonna go through each and every team and we're going to make our selections based off of the players that are available. Now, obviously, as you've been hearing, there have been some deals that have been cut. We're privy to some of them. We're not privy to other ones. We're going to try to kind of navigate those waters as we go with specific teams. Like there are instances where we haven't heard anything about this player who's been exposed. So I took them even though there's probably a deal in place or we know some deals that are in place basically. And we almost know all of the details about them. So again, we'll navigate those waters kind of as we go through them. Also, since the protection lists are public domain, it's probably going to be helpful to you to kind of have those up so that you can go back and make reference to them. I'm not gonna sit here and waste your time by going through every single protection list for every single team and who's available for every single team. We're gonna talk about each team for a couple of minutes and then ultimately I'm gonna make my pick based on the players that are available. But it's gonna be helpful to you to have the protection lists available to kind of reference back to. And if you're unfamiliar with the metrics that we're aiming at here, just to give you a little bit of background for the expansion draft, these are the qualifications that Vegas has to fulfill by the end of the expansion draft, and I held myself to these same expectations. They've got 30 picks. they got to make one pick from each and every team, which would include a free agent signing if they happen to sign a free agent between now and I think there's a cutoff time either Tuesday or early Wednesday morning. 20 of those 30 picks have to be under contract for the upcoming season, and being a pending restricted free agent does not count as being under contract. So 20 of those 30 picks have to be under contract. They have to select a minimum of 14 forwards in those 30 picks. They have to select a minimum of 9 defensemen in those 30 picks. They have to select a minimum of 3 goaltenders in those 30 picks, and it's worth pointing out they've already signed from either the KHL or one of the European leagues, Vadim Shapachev. He's a center. They signed him to a two-year deal at $4.5 million a pop. So that second-line center money, as far as I'm concerned, maybe third, but that's a lot of money to spend on your third-line center. So you got to assume they've got Shapachev kind of penciled in there as their line two center. So we'll keep that in mind as we're going through and talking about these players. But without further ado, let's get right into the picks. We're going to go alphabetical order by team. So we're going to start with the Anaheim Ducks. 
As far as the Anaheim Ducks are concerned, you basically have to go defense when you're thinking about a pick from this team. On offense, not really a lot of great forwards. There's some young, there's some prospect forwards, but not exactly great forwards, guys that you would immediately want to grab for your team. Maybe Emerson Edom if you're looking at him, but, or maybe Sam Carrick, but I, I would be surprised. So really, the conversation begins and ends with defense, and as far as I'm concerned, it begins and ends with Sammy Vatanen. Now, now, it looks like the Ducks are a little bit higher on holding on to Josh Manson, so I believe there to be a deal in place between Anaheim and Vegas for Vegas to not select Josh Manson. That is going to be at the cost of Sammy Vatanen. I believe that's what the deal is that's in place. So with Anaheim, boom, it's an easy pick. I'm going defenseman Sammy Vatanen. Let's go to Arizona now, and unless you're super high on either Louis Domingue or Kevin Connaughton, we're going to be looking at the forwards here in terms of who your best options are going to be. Uh, Arizona's got a number of restricted free agents, so a number of possibilities there that you could either get in the expansion draft or you can sign them prior to the expansion draft. That's right. With their free agency window, they can negotiate with unprotected, restricted free agents and come to an agreement with them prior to the expansion draft. So it is entirely possible, but with the forward core that I'm looking at here in Arizona, my pick is going to be Alexander Burmistrov. He's only 25. He's a restricted free agent right now. He's a center. You still have control over him if you take him. He's only a $1.55 million cap hit, at least from last season. He had a good season last season in terms of his output. I really like taking Burmistrov here as a solid third-line center, fourth-line center, 13th forward kind of thing. I really like the upside here that you can get from Alexander Burmistrov. Talented player, young player. You should still have him for a number of seasons. Sign him to a decent extension in the offseason. Alexander Burmistrov is my pick from Arizona. Now we come to the Boston Bruins, and this is where we get our first really interesting scenario because the player on the available list that jumps out to me right away is Malcolm Subban, 23-year-old. He's a goaltender. He's a pending restricted free agent. They could potentially sign him prior to the expansion draft. Malcolm Subban is the name that jumps out at me. But as we keep going through this process, that winds up being a little bit of a problem for us when we get to the end, simply in terms of contracts for 2017-2018. As Subban is a pending restricted free agent, that counts against the 20 out of 30 contracts that we have to have for the next season. So they alleviate that if they sign him prior to the expansion draft. But we're going to skip over Malcolm Subban, even though in my heart of hearts, Malcolm Subban is the player that I want. We're going to skip over him. We're actually going to go defense again on the Boston Bruins. I thought a little bit about going after Alexander Koklachev, who's not actually in the NHL, but they would have his rights if they wanted to grab them. Because the other options from Boston, I mean, Matt Bolesky, Jimmy Hayes, they didn't have great seasons. They're a little bit older. The cap hits a little bit bigger. They might take a look at maybe Tim Shaler. I'd thought about Koklachev, but we're going to go defense and we're going to grab Colin Miller, 24-year-old defenseman, only a million dollar cap hit. He's still under contract. He's going to be an RFA at the end of next season. You have control over him. It's a low cap hit. He can contribute to your NHL lineup. So I'm going to grab Colin Miller, defenseman from the Boston Bruins. 
The Buffalo Sabres are up next, and the Buffalo Sabres offer us the opportunity, the same opportunity that Boston offered us, to grab a young backup caliber goaltender. That's exactly what we're going to do from Buffalo. We're going to grab 23-year-old Linus Allmark. He's only a $750,000 cap hit. He's under contract until the end of 2019, at which point he's still a restricted free agent. So from a contract standpoint, that's the guy to grab. There's really nobody on defense worth taking a look at. I mean, like Zach Bogosian's up there at the top, but his had a he had a terrible season. He's had a terrible last couple of seasons and at a $5.1 million cap hit, that's not worth it. I'd thought a little bit about Matt Molson. Uh, he's under contract until 2019. He's an excellent player. And William Carrier is a 22-year-old left winger, under $700,000 on the cap hit, still an RFA at the end of next season when his contract comes up. So it was really tempting to take William Carrier, and he's been successful at the junior levels and has NHL experience. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to grab my backup goaltender here from the Buffalo Sabres and take Linus Allmark. Next stop, Calgary Flames. And I want to stop here for a second to reiterate, I full well believe, as you know, if you watched my video from a couple of days ago talking about free agency, I full well believe that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to sign Michael Stone as an unrestricted free agent in this free agency window that they have. I full well believe Michael Stone is going to be a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. But we're running on the assumption that they don't make any free agent signings. So if they don't make any free agent signings, who do they take from Calgary? Calgary offers up a great opportunity to grab a young scoring forward, and there's a number of them that you could potentially grab. You're talking about Hunter Shinkarek, Emil Poirier, uh, Freddie Hamilton. They're all restricted free agents until the end of next season. Lyndon Vey and Alex Chason are both restricted free agents right now, so they're pending RFAs. They could potentially be signed in this free agency window. Right for me, it was between Alex Chason and Hunter Shinkarek, and I went Hunter Shinkarek, and here's why. It's not just the age. Shinkarek is four years younger. It's not just the age. It's the fact that Shinkarek is still under contract for next season, and again, that comes into play with your 20 out of 30 contracts that have to be under contract for the upcoming season. The only reason I didn't go with Alex Chason, who I argue is the better player, Hunter Shinkarek is the one that's under contract. Now, they can alleviate that if they, for whatever reason, signed Alex Chason in this free agency window. They alleviate that because then, boom, he's under contract. But again, where we are trying to stick as close as we can into the realm of reality as it is right now, I went Hunter Shinkarek because he's under contract for next season. We go to Carolina now where I'm going to assume that most Hurricane fans are just begging the Vegas Golden Knights to fix their goaltending situation as they've got Cam Ward and Eddie Lack, both with decent cap hits, both available. I don't think Vegas is going to acquiesce to that. I don't think there's a deal in place. We haven't heard anything really about a deal being in place with Carolina. So really what we're looking at here is not a lot of great options. You've got Klaus Dahlbeck on the back end. He's only 25 years old, $850,000 cap hit, still under contract to the end of the 2018 season. That was a tempting option, especially when I was looking at, do I want more defense or more forwards? I didn't ultimately go with that. It came down to between being between Andre Nestrasil 
and Joachim Nordstrom for me. Nordstrom's the bigger cap hit at 1.275, and he's under contract for next season, which was tempting. At the end of the day, I ended up going with Andre Nestrasil. A little bit cheaper. Nestrasil's results in the NHL at the NHL level have been better than Nordstrom's have been. He's a bit cheaper. You can sign him to a contract that's probably going to be relatively comparable to what Nordstrom's cap hit was going to be anyway. Last season, Nestrasil made just under, uh, just over, sorry, $900,000 at the NHL level. I went with Nestrasil just based on NHL track record. So Andre Nestrasil, center from the Carolina Hurricanes, is my pick. Chicago is going to be like Anaheim. It's an easy one. There's a trade that's in place that basically leaked. Vegas is going to get Marcus Kruger, basically taking Marcus Kruger's cap hit and saying, we will leave Trevor Van Riemsdyk exposed. Don't take Vilpoka, take Trevor Van Riemsdyk. We would rather hold on to Vilpoka. So we will expose Trevor Van Riemsdyk and give you Marcus Kruger if you'll give us the cap alleviation, which is a big deal for Chicago, and we'll give you Trevor Van Riemsdyk. So, look, Trevor Van Riemsdyk is going to be a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. It's essentially leaked. It's essentially out there. Trevor Van Riemsdyk is my pick from Chicago. Colorado offered me another real debate, kind of like with Boston. Like, do I take this defenseman? Do I take this goaltender? They offered me a real debate here between a young goaltender a solid established NHL caliber backup goaltender, probably a fringe starter in this league and a young, really talented player, young, talented forward who has contributed at this level. So with Colorado, it came down to two players for me. It was Calvin Pickard in goal or Mikhail Grigorenko at forward. Grigorenko had a good season last season. Calvin Pickard spent time as the team's starting goaltender when Varlamov got hurt. I'm shocked, quite frankly, that Colorado protected Varlamov and didn't protect Calvin Pickard. I would have thought they would have exposed Varlamov because Vegas is not going to take that cap hit. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make them pay for that and I'm taking Calvin Pickard, a 25-year-old goaltender, still under contract to next season, which is, again, a big deal. His cap hits only a million bucks. He's a legitimate backup goaltender in this league who could step into a starting role if there was an injury. Calvin Pickard is my pick from Colorado, although it was really tough to pass up on Mikhail Grigorenko. The Columbus Blue Jackets are another one, and there's a couple of talking points with the Blue Jackets. Number one, if you watched my video from a couple of days ago, I firmly believe the Columbus Blue Jackets will be losing Sam Gagne. I think Vegas is going to step in and sign Sam Gagne as an unrestricted free agent. If they don't do that, apparently there's a deal in place where Columbus's first round pick has gone to Vegas for assurances that they won't pick it was a handful of players it was uh, Eunice Corposalo in goal I believe Jack Johnson's name was in there on defense Josh Anderson so basically for the assurance that Vegas would pick either Matt Calvert William Carlson or somebody else um, maybe Zach Dalp but I can't remember what who the third one was right off the top of my head maybe Scott Harrington as well if we assume they don't sign Gagne and we assume that trade has gone through, there's no reason in the world not to take William Carlson here. 
William Carlson is a bona fide third line center in this league, has the potential at only 24 years old to be a second line center in this league. He's only a million dollar cap hit. He's still an RFA at the end of next season. In my opinion, there's no reason not to take William Carlson here. So from Columbus, William Carlson is my pick. The Dallas Stars offered me a conundrum that actually wasn't interesting in the least. It was more annoying than anything else, to be perfectly honest. Uh, there's just, there's not a lot to pick from here. Uh, people are talking about Cody Eakin, like, oh, Cody Eakin's available. I can't believe they didn't protect Cody Eakin. He's a $3.9 million cap hit for a team that's already got a second line center, like we just talked about in uh, in Shepachev. So did I pronounce that? Did I butcher that last name? No, Shapachiov. That's about as close as I'm probably going to get. So there's no reason to take Cody Eakin. Not with that cap hit. Not when you've already got a second line center basically on your team. And especially if you take William Carlson, sorry. Especially if you take William Carlson from Columbus. I would rather have William Carlson at 24 than Cody Eakin at 26. So I don't think Cody Eakin is really going to have a long look from Vegas. Honestly, I think it's probably going to end up being one of those young defensemen, although there's rumors out of Sweden that there's a deal in place for Vegas to take Kari Lettinen. And I'm thinking, why the hell would you do that? You're not going to be able to trade him at the deadline. Who in the world's going to want him? He's not going to be your starting goaltender because we're going to get to that in a little bit. It's the worst kept secret in hockey. So you're not going to get any value for Kari Lettinen at all. He's going to walk as a free agent. Why would you do that when you can grab a younger, more talented player on defense who could potentially grow with your franchise? So that's where we're going with this. And I'm grabbing Jamie Oleksiak on defense, 24 years old. He's a pending restricted free agent, made just over $900,000 last year. Still got a lot of room to grow in this league. There's a couple of good options in here. Like you could go Justin Haish, I guess, if you wanted to. Matthias Backman is in there. Patrick Nemeth is in there as well. But I'm going to grab Jamie Alexiak. I like that contract. I like the control I can keep over him. Jamie Alexiak is my pick from Dallas. So at this point, folks, we're a third of the way through our mock draft. Let's just show you where we're at. We've drafted 10 players. We got four forwards out of 14, four defensemen out of nine, two goalies out of three, only seven out of 20 2017-2018 contracts. And we're only at $10.3 million of the floor that we have to spend, which again is 43.8. Let's go to the Detroit Red Wings now, and a lot of the conversation is circling around Peter Mrazek, who the Red Wings chose not to protect. They chose to protect an injury-prone 33-year-old rather than a 25-year-old who's about equal in talent, so that doesn't make any bloody sense to me at all, but clearly they're not planning on re-signing Mrazek at uh, the end of next season when he becomes a still actually still a restricted free agent they would still have control over him but clearly they're likely not going to wind up re-signing him but apparently they're willing to put him out there and potentially give him away for free i'm not going to take peter morazic because if i was going to take peter morazic i'd want him as my starting goaltender that's not going to be the case here so i'm not going to take him detroit actually offers up some interesting options both at forward and on defense so you could really go either way with detroit I mean, look, Darren Helm's 30 years old. The cap hit is big. Probably sort of the same deal as Cody Eakin. Like, I've already got my second line center in place, so why am I going to take Darren Helm? 
Riley Sheehan offers kind of the same conversation, but he is only 25 years old. The cap hit is lower. It's only 2 million bucks, just a little bit over 2 million bucks. He's still in RFA at the end of next season. So I did definitely give that some thought. I also saw Marty Firk there. Obviously, I'm a Halifax Mooseheads homer, so I was like, oh man, there's Marty Firk. I gotta take him. But, you know, it would be irresponsible of me to just be like, Mooseheads homer, take Marty Firk. Quite a bit was made of the fact that the Red Wings did not protect Xavier Ouellette. Didn't find some way to protect Xavier Ouellette. And we haven't heard anything in terms of conversations between Detroit and Vegas for them to not take Xavier Ouellette. He's only 23 years old. He contributes at the NHL level. The cap hit was not crazy at just over $700,000. That's the guy I'm taking from this team. Xavier Ouellette is my pick from the Detroit Red Wings. Let's go to Edmonton now where the Oilers are honestly in pretty good shape in terms of who they protected, who they didn't protect in the expansion draft and on their protect list. They're honestly in a pretty good place. Um, I'm going to try to pronounce this name correctly, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to get it wrong. Jujer Kyra. I know I butchered that and I, and I apologize, but uh, they just re-signed him to a two-year deal. They then proceeded to not protect him, and we'll get back to that strategy when we talk about Montreal and how I want to kind of choke Mark Bergevin right now. They re-signed him. They didn't protect him in the expansion draft, so he is available. He's become a bit of a popular pick. Ditto with Iro Pakarinen. He is a popular pick as well. He's under contract through the end of next season, at which point he is still a restricted free agent. But I'm going to go defense with the Oilers. Although I I like Laurent Brossois in goal, but his, his numbers just don't justify taking him. I'm going to go defense here, and it's going to be another pending restricted free agent. But Griffin Reinhardt has gone from like a, virtually a blue chip prospect to somebody who at 23 years old, they're not even going to protect in the expansion draft, which to me is a little bit crazy. He's got some NHL experience. He's played about 40 games, I would say, at the NHL level over the last couple of years. So a little bit of NHL experience. Look, he's not developing the way they want him to. A change of address could be exactly what the doctor ordered for a player like Griffin Reinhardt. So I'm going to grab him from Edmonton since there's no rumors about not taking him and they're going to offer him up for free. Why not? Griffin Reinhardt is my pick from Edmonton. Let's go to the Panthers now, who gave the world a little bit of a scare when it leaked that they were going to protect Roberto Luongo instead of protecting James Reimer. Ultimately, they went the other way, the way I thought they should have, and protected Reimer. Had they not protected Reimer, even though the player that I ultimately took is there, I would have taken James Reimer because there's you can't ask for a better backup goaltender or a better guy in the locker room. Like You can't ask for a better player to have on your team than James Reimer. So had Reimer been available, I would have taken him. He's not available. I didn't take him. Nobody really on defense to look at here. We're going to go up front and we're going to grab Jonathan Marcichaud. That's probably one of the bigger surprises is that they didn't protect Jonathan Marcichaud. He's still under contract to the end of next season, at which point he will be an unrestricted free agent. So you still got him for this season. If he starts off hot, you can flip him closer to the trade deadline, get a bit of a return, or maybe he gets there and he wants to stay. Michael Scarboza was another interesting possibility. You could have potentially grabbed him if you wanted to. Colton Sevier, if you're really high on Colton Sevier. But I ended up jumping on Jonathan Marcia's show. If they're going to make him available, I'm going to grab him. 
Los Angeles Kings, this was a pretty simple uh, discussion for me. We know Vegas wants nothing to do with Marion Gabrick's cap hit. We know they're not going to want anything to do with Dustin Brown's cap hit either, which is a million dollars higher. I think the only option from the Los Angeles Kings is defenseman Braden McNabb, 26 years old, still under contract to the end of next season, at which point he'll be an unrestricted free agent can contribute as a top six guy only 1.7 million dollars against the cap so we're still doing good at saving money here for when we get to some later players who are going to be larger cap hits but we're going to be able to control for a few seasons and really be able to build a solid top six so Braden McNabb he's a value play to get in my top six on defense that's who I'm taking from the Los Angeles Kings Let's go to the Minnesota Wild now, which is another interesting conversation because you look at their exposed list and the name that jumps right out at you is Matt Dumba, 22 years old, potential stud defenseman. Marco Scandella is there as well, 27 years old, only a $4 million cap hit, really not that terrible for a top four defenseman, and he's under contract until 2020. That's an easy contract to move. Why are these players available? Well, ultimately, Minnesota had a lot of no-trade clauses and no-move clauses that players simply were not willing to break, most notably, I believe, being Jason Pominville, just not willing to break those no-movement clauses, and you know what? It's their prerogative. Kind of the same with Dion Phaneuf. Would be better for the team to do it, but it's their prerogative. They got the no-movement clauses. It's part of the game. It's part of the contracts. They're under no obligation to give them up. So they didn't do that. And Minnesota has exposed some really good players. My understanding is that there is a deal in place between Minnesota and Vegas involving Minnesota's first round draft pick in order for the Vegas Golden Knights to not take Matt Dumba. That's my understanding. And probably Marco Scandella as well. Just don't take either of those two players. And in return, Minnesota exposed Eric Stahl. Hello, top line center. So we're going to grab Eric Stahl. He's only 32 years old, which is not ancient in hockey. The cap hit is phenomenal, $3.5 million. That's no problem at all. He's under contract until the end of 2019. That's the player that you take. You have to assume that the deal that's in place between Minnesota and Vegas is protection of Matt Dumba and Marco Scandella in exchange for the first round pick, probably plus, and exposing Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl, I firmly believe, will be a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. That is my pick from the Minnesota Wild. Halfway home, folks, we've got six forwards, seven defensemen, two goaltenders, 10 of 20 under contract. We've spent $16.3 million. We have to get up to 43.8. We're on good pace. Let's keep going. Let's go to Montreal and let's have a conversation. Is it fair at this point to call Marc Bergevin an idiot savant? Because he makes some moves that are incredible. I can't tell you how excited I was over the Jonathan Drouin trade. Because look, the draft picks, I don't like giving up a second round draft pick, but the only way we give up a second round draft pick is if Sergachev doesn't play 40 games next year. Sergachev's going to play 40 games next year. He's ready for the NHL now. He's going to play 40 games next year, like regular season and playoffs. If Tampa makes the playoffs, that's a lock. And in return, we got Jonathan Drouin, exactly the player that we needed 
French-Canadian, dynamic playmaker, can score goals. Sure, he's undersized, but so was friggin' Martin Saint-Louis. Like, look, and I'm not saying that those two players are equivalent. What I'm saying is I watched Jonathan Drouin play for years in Halifax. This is the kind of player to get super, super excited about. Tampa Bay gave up on him too early. Montreal can say the same thing about Sergachev. But you know what? Sergachev could... Ultimately, I don't think he ever will, but could decide, nah, you know what, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to Russia. He has the option to do that, and then Tampa's kind of left in the lurch, i.e. Valerie Nachushkin with Dallas. But I don't expect that to happen. I think he is committed to North America. But look, they make the Jonathan Durant trade. I am on cloud nine. They re-sign Charles Houdon. I'm like, great, Charles Houdon's going to be in on the team next year. He is ready. And then they leave Charles Houdon exposed in the expansion draft. In order to protect Paul Byron. And I love Paul Byron. Paul Byron was like one of the like completely out of nowhere breakout stars of last year for Montreal. But he's 28. And Charles Houdon is 22 and ready for the league. And you don't protect Charles Houdon. Like it's, it's insane to me. They're going to take Charles Houdon. Unless there's some kind of deal in place already between Montreal and Vegas for them to not take Charles Houdon. Which I hope ultimately there is. Because I'd totally be willing to give up a second round pick to protect Charles Houdon. I'm okay with that. If there's not a deal in place, that's who they're going to take. Look, the Jacob De La Rose experiment looks like it's failing. I do honestly think that there's a good chance that Alex Radulov ends up signing as a free agent in this window with Vegas. Because why would you not back the Brinks truck up to Alex Radulov's front door and say, take whatever you want after the season that he had last season in returning to the NHL? He's not coming back to Montreal. So I'm just hoping against hope that they sign Radulov in this free agent window so that we don't lose Charles Houdon. For the people saying, oh, but what about Plakanich? But what about Alex Emelin? That's just a Habs wet dream that Vegas would choose to take those cap hits voluntarily off of our hands. So that ain't going to happen. But in the absence of knowledge about the deal, we have to go with what's on the page. And what's on the page is Charles Houdon going to Vegas. That's who I'm picking from Montreal. We go to the Nashville Predators now, and the name that really jumps off the page when you're looking at the available list for the Predators is James Neal, still under contract until the end of this upcoming season. A $5 million cap hit, but he's only 29 years old, and he's a bona fide scorer in this league. He's really attractive. My personal belief, and there's a lot of whispers about this, is that there's going to be a deal in place from Nashville to Vegas. Could very well be Nashville's first round pick. Who knows? to protect James Neal in that sense so that they do not pick James Neal in the expansion draft. And this is like the best possible scenario for the Vegas Golden Knights because if you don't take James Neal, if you accept that deal and say, sure, Nashville, we'll take your, what is it, tw- number 29 overall pick because you made to the made it to the cup final, we'll take your first round pick, you know, throw in a fourth or a fifth or something, we'll definitely take that. Oh, look at this, Pontus Eberge or Aberg, or however you want to pronounce it, 23 years old, performed in the playoffs. His regular season numbers are not the greatest, but he's 23 years old. He's got years still to develop into the player that he'll ultimately become. He's exactly the kind of player that Vegas would want. He's a pending restricted free agent right now. So you could literally take that deal 
for, to not take James Neal and then turn around and grab Pontus Aberge. That's probably the reason they left Pontus Aberge exposed in the draft. Maybe you could look at Yannick Weber, but I honestly, I don't think so. Pontus Aberge is going to be my pick from the Nashville Predators. The New Jersey Devils are up next, and the Devils are actually a team that I kind of went back and forth on a little bit, whether I was going to go defense, there's a couple of options on defense, whether I was going to go forward, there's a couple of options at forward. On the defensive side, like, I guess you could grab Ben Lovejoy if you wanted to. He's still under contract until 2019, and the cap hit is really not that crazy. It's only uh, just over $2.5 million. Dalton Prout is there, John Merrill. Of those three players, I'd probably want John Merrill the most on the defensive side, but I opted ultimately to go offense, and there were two choices for me on offense. It was between Bo Bennett and Devontae Smith-Pelly. Now, they're both right-wingers, both 25 years old. Bo Bennett had excellent results in junior and in the AHL. Really good player. I like the upside of Devontae Smith-Pelly. He's a guy that I can throw in my bottom six, you know, borderline top nine. He'll be that third line right winger. He's a two-way player. He's good defensively. He can put up points. He's still under contract until the end of next season, at which time he will still be restricted free agent. His cap hits only $1.3 million. He's got a contract, obviously, for next season, so that helps my 20 out of 30 contracts for next year. That's kind of what put it over the top. I think they're very, you know, equivalent players, but I ultimately went with Devontae Smith-Pelly. Uh, I, I like him as a player, and I, it just kind of put it over the top for me. So from New Jersey, I'm taking right winger Devontae Smith-Pelly. The New York Islanders had possibly the strangest protection uh, philosophy when they put out their protected list, they protected five defensemen. And I get why they did it. They're all very talented defensemen, but like five defensemen. And one of them wasn't even Calvin DeHaan and Tar Thomas Hickey. I think this team has too many defensemen. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it that way. I think they've got too many defensemen. So they protected five defensemen and only three forwards. It's an interesting strategy. And what happened is that caused the player that I'm going to pick because I haven't heard anything otherwise in terms of a deal being in place. Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom? You're not going to protect Ryan Strom? 23 years old, $2.5 million on the cap hit, which is nothing in this scenario. He's still a restricted free agent at the end of this coming season. I have to believe that there is a trade in place that Vegas has the Islanders' first-round pick. I have to believe that in exchange for not signing Ryan Strom. But I haven't heard anything about it. So I have to take Ryan Strom as the best player available. I'll put a bit of a caveat on that. If there is a deal in place to not take Ryan Strom, I would be taking Calvin DeHaan on the defensive side. He's only 26 years old. He's a pending restricted free agent. Cap hit was under 2 million bucks. I'd be taking Calvin DeHaan as another defensive prospect, defensive possibility on this team, just from the players that are available to be drafted. But again, I've heard absolutely nothing about Ryan Strom being protected. So we got to go Ryan Strom. 
Now, when it comes to the New York Rangers, Antti Ranta as a goaltender is a really popular pick here. Michael Grabner as a goal-scoring right winger is a really popular pick here. But I'm just going to keep beating the drum that I've been beating as soon as this whole thing got announced. Honestly, actually, Adam Clendenning on defense would be a popular pick as well. But I'm just going to keep beating that drum for Jesper Faust. I think he's the best player available. They can sign him as a restricted free agent right now in this window. So one way or the other, I think Jesper Faust is going to be a member of the New York Rangers. He's only 25 years old. He produces at the NHL level. $950,000 cap hit last season. They're going to be able to sign him probably for sub one5 that's the kind of player that I want on my team. Probably playing there alongside Devontae Smith-Pelly on the third line. Jesper Fast is my pick from the Rangers. Two-thirds of the way through, here's an update on the roster at this point. We've drafted 20 out of 30 players, 11 out of 14 forwards, 7 out of 9 defensemen, two of our three goalies. We're about to get to our third one. Not next, but we're about to get there. 13 out of our 20 players under contract for 2017-18 and we've only spent 20.7 million dollars of the minimum 43.8 that we need to spend. So we're going to go to the Ottawa Senators and a bit of a surprise here to me that they didn't protect Bobby Ryan. I understand Bobby Ryan did not have a good season last season. I understand that his production has dipped over the last couple of seasons but you watch how Bobby Ryan played in those playoffs one of Ottawa's most valuable players in the playoffs. Now, I mean, obviously, we're not going to touch that because it was obviously Eric Carlson. He's probably the league MVP. But Bobby Ryan played so damn well in those playoffs. He was a player you had to account for every single time he was on the ice. He didn't take a shift off. It shocks me that a player who's under contract until 2022 was left available for the expansion draft when Vegas really doesn't have to worry much about cap hits right now unless they want to spend a ton of money in free agency, which, again, when we get to a certain team, I believe they will. Or if you watched my video from a couple of days ago, you know exactly who I'm talking about. But Bobby Ryan left available with a $7.25 million cap hit. It was a bit of a surprise to me. And the first couple of times I went through and did a mock draft for this team, I took Bobby Ryan because I was like, look, he's a player. He's been a 70-point player before. Not saying he'll ever be that again, but I mean, he could be a 60-point player, 55 points, whatever, playing on the top line. It's a big cap hit, but we're not really worried about the cap right now. So so why, why would I not take him? But ultimately, I guess the, the money did kind of push me off of it a little bit. I ended up going with the other really popular choice from Ottawa, that being Mark Mathot on defense. They did not protect Mark Mathot. Instead, they protected Cody Ceci. That's a smart move, by the way, and a good job to do that. But I'll take Mark Mathot. He immediately jumps into my top six, borderline top four. It's a $4.9 million cap hit, but again, I'm not worried about the cap hit right now. He's under contract until the end of the 2019 season, so I got him for two more seasons. Mark Mathot is my ultimate pick from Ottawa. Let's go to Philadelphia now, and again, if you watched my video from a couple of days ago, you know that I full well believe that Vegas will sign Michael Delzato as a pending unrestricted free agent sometime in this signing window. I think that just makes the most sense for them given who Philadelphia has put up. I think they signed Michael Delzato, 26 years old. They can get him probably for under $4 million to play in the top four. That's who I think they go after. 
If they don't, to me, the conversation is between three wingers right at the top in terms of Philadelphia's cap hit with their available players. Matt Reed, Michael Raffle, and Dale Weiss. Based on track record, I ended up going with Matt Reed. Yes, he's 31 years old. Yes, he's got the biggest cap hit of any of the players. And yes, he's only under contract until the end of the season. But the reason I grabbed Matt Reed is that's going to be so easy to swing that contract at the trade deadline coming up this coming season, to swing that for picks, prospects, whatever. And you're going to be able to afford to with the other players that we've drafted on the team and the players that we're about to draft. So I grabbed Matt Reed because, look, it's asset management. If I took Dale Weiss, I'd want to hold on to him for a couple of seasons. He's only 28. Same thing with Michael Raffle. The cap hit is the same between those two players, $2.35 million. Dale Weiss has one longer year on his contract. He's under contract until 2020. But ultimately, I went with Matt Reed because I could get the most return for him immediately at the trade deadline and look he can slide right into my top six and play wing on my top six and probably have a pretty good season but again i do full well believe that they're going to sign michael delzato as an unrestricted free agent in the absence of that matt reed is my pick from philadelphia Let's go to Pittsburgh. Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be the starting goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights. He is my pick from Pittsburgh. There is no other conversation. People are like, well, what about Brian Rust? What about Tom Kunackle? Uh, what about Scott Wilson? Uh, what about Jean-Sebastian Day? What about uh, Oscar Sundqvist? And, you know, what about Josh Archibald? And, hey, look, Frank Corrado's there. And it's like, really? Like the Frank Corrado experiment? Are we still talking about that? Stuart Percy's there, too. Derek Pouliot. It's like, no, it's going to be Marc-Andre Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury will be the starting goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights, unless they decide to flip him immediately, which they absolutely could. But as of right now, Marc-Andre Fleury, that's my pick. We've got all three of our goaltenders now. They're solidified, and Marc-Andre Fleury is our starter. Let's go to San Jose, and here was one of the real surprises for me, too. San Jose, and look, the conversation begins and ends uh, with this team, with this player, San Jose did not protect Michael Bodker, which is a surprise to me because he's a legitimate scoring top six forward. His cap hits only $4 million, which is not crazy. He's under contract until 2020. He's only 27 years old. Michael Bodker's got a lot of good years left in this league. So I'm going to take Michael Bodker because why the hell wouldn't I? I got to assume there's probably a deal in place for Vegas to not take Michael Bodker, maybe at the expense of, say, uh, Barclay Goodrow or probably maybe Paul Martin uh, or Brendan Dillon or David Schlemko on the back end, maybe even Dylan DeMello if they're really high on that player. I mean, you could possibly take one of the goaltenders, but I guess why would you? So I'm sure there's probably a deal in place, but I haven't heard a bloody thing about it. So in the absence of that, why would I not take Michael Bodker? Michael Bodker is my pick from San Jose. And now we're starting to spend a little bit of money. And we're going to keep spending money as we get to the St. Louis Blues. I think the St. Louis Blues are going to have, well, they have made available a player that I think would be perfect inside the top six on this new team. I'm going to grab David Perron. He's 29 years old, a $3.75 million cap hit. He's only under contract until the end of this upcoming season. So it's another, it's a Matt Reed situation. If he didn't want to re-sign, you could flip him at the trade deadline, especially if Vegas is not doing well. Flip him at the trade deadline. 
You're going to get a decent return for him as he's only 29 as a rental player to a team that's making a run of the championship. The only other player I really took much consideration for was Dimitri Yaskin. He's only 24 years old, only a million dollar cap hit, still a restricted free agent at the end of next season. So he's a player that really does kind of fit the way that I'm molding this team. But ultimately, I went for the higher end. I went for the upside of David Perron. Had a good season last season. Still has a lot to give. Some people grabbed Jory Laterra. But again, I would want Laterra to be uh, center in my top six. And I've already got that filled up now with Eric Stahl and Shapachev, who we've already signed. So we grabbed David Perron as a winger to be a top six left winger. $3.75 million cap hit. And that's my pick from St. Louis. We're almost to the tail end of this dog. Five teams left to talk about. We're going to go to Tampa Bay and talk about the Lightning. I didn't give too much thought to Tampa Bay's forwards. I mean, JT Brown might have been an interesting grab at right wing, but I mean, his the role that he would play on the team's kind of already filled by Devontae Smith-Pelly, so I didn't grab him. Cedric Paquette maybe as like a prospect center at you know, only at 23. But I didn't really give too too much thought to those players. I went defense with Tampa Bay and it's one of their prospects, Jake Dotchin, and he's actually been a pretty popular pick from a lot of other people uh, doing these mock drafts. Tampa Bay's got a lot of interesting choices on the defensive end that you could take. Slater Cuckoo, who is an excellent player, 23 years old. Andre Schuster, I think some Tampa Bay fans would be happy to get rid of. Jonathan Racine. So th- there's interesting options there, but I, honestly, I ultimately just fell on Jake Dotchin. It's between Dotchin or Slater Cuckoo. So I'm going to go Dotchin, although I can't uh, begrudge you if you decided to go Slater Cuckoo. They're both the same age. They've both had good results in the NHL, but I'm going to take Jake Dotchin from Tampa Bay. Actually, you know what? I'm mixing this up on the fly. If I'm taking a pending restricted free agent from Tampa Bay, I want it to be Slater Cuckoo. He's making a little bit more money, and that's fine. I'm really not worried about the cap right now. As I mentioned, Slater Cuckoo, again, where they're both 23 years old, I think Cuckoo's probably got a little bit more upside. So between the two of them, I'm going to switch the game up. I'm not taking Jake Dotchin. I'm taking Slater Cuckoo. Let's go to the Leafs, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who actually have pretty attractive options at all three positions. So they were a team that, you you know, is actually really malleable in terms of who they might lose. Like either Garrett Sparks or Antoine Bebo would be capable AHL level goaltenders, prospective backup goaltenders in, you know, as another season or two. Uh, you know, obviously Toronto's got uh, Curtis McElhaney right now who is uh, pending unrestricted free agent. One of those two players may very well be Toronto's backup goaltender next season. So there's a you know, a shot there if you want to look at one of those two goaltenders. You got Alexi Marchenko, Martin Marinson, who from contract perspectives would be decent acquisitions. They're low cap hits. They're both signed through the end of next season. They could be decent acquisitions on the back end. But ultimately, I went with forward because Toronto has three really excellent young forwards who are available. They're all uh, sorry, two of them are pending restricted free agents, those being Seth Griffith and Brendan Leipzig. And both of those players have had really excellent results at the AHL level. But ultimately, I ended up going with Kirby Reichel. He's a year younger than Leipzig. He's two years younger than Seth Griffith. The money doesn't really matter. But why I ultimately landed on Kirby Reichel 
is the fact that he's still under contract. He's under contract next season, and he'll still be an RFA at the end of next season. He hasn't had much in terms of NHL play in the last couple of years. I think like 30 games or something like that. But again, I've got control of him after this upcoming season as a restricted free agent. I don't have to immediately re-sign him now. I can let him play out the last year of the current contract before I sign him up again. He's had excellent results in the AHL. He's had good results in the NHL. I like Kirby Reichel. That's who I'm going to take from Toronto. With three picks left, we've fulfilled our forwards with 15. We've fulfilled our defense with nine, and we've fulfilled our goaltenders with three. We only need one more NHL contract out of what we've what we have left to pick and we only have to spend another $200,000 to hit the cap floor. So we are right there an excellent setup. And let's look at our last three picks. When you're looking at the Vancouver Canucks, there's basically only two options. As far as I'm concerned, if you're looking for a top six defenseman, you go Lucas Abisa. If you're not looking for a top six defenseman and you're looking for another solid forward, you go Brendan Gauntz. But the way that I've built this team, I'm going to go Lucas Abisa just based on I don't want to have 16, 17, 18 forwards at the sacrifice of defense. So I'd rather grab Lucas Abisa and then in the offseason if I decide, geez, I need to trade a defenseman because I've got eight top six defensemen, well then I can turn around and trade one of them as long as I'm not trading them back to the team that I took them from, which you can't do until the end, I believe, of next season. So I'm going to grab Lucas Abisa. It's a $3.6 million cap hit, which is not crazy, especially if he's playing in my lineup every night inside my top six. He's only 27 years old. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this upcoming season. So even if I don't trade him in the offseason, I can flip him at the trade deadline fairly easily, I would think. Maybe retain a little bit of salary, but get something back. So I'm going to grab Lucas Abisa from Vancouver. Now, I'm going to skip over Washington and go right to Winnipeg, and there's a reason that I'm skipping over Washington, which we'll get to when we talk about, but if you watched my video, you already know the reason that I'm skipping over Washington in favor of going to Winnipeg. So, Winnipeg, interesting story here. Toby Enstrom, one of only two players in the NHL, along with Marc-Andre Fleury, who voluntarily waived their no-movement clause in order to be exposed in the expansion draft. There is no way in hell Vegas takes Toby Enstrom at 32 years old, a $5.75 million cap hit, pending unrestricted free agent at the end of this upcoming season. It's harder to trade that contract. You're going to have to retain more salary on that contract. There's no way they take Tobias Enstrom. They are going to grab, assuming there's no deal in place to protect this player, which I don't think there is, Marco Dano, 22-year-old center, only making 850k against the cap, still a restricted free agent at the end of this upcoming season, so I've still got control over him for at least three more years. He's had NHL success. He's met the 4070 requirement. He's an NHL player, a bona fide NHL player in my bottom six. I'm going to grab Marco Dano, young center from Winnipeg. And now we're going to go back up to Washington. And of course, you know, the reason that I put a pin in Washington is I full well believe Kevin Shattenkirk is going to be a member of the Vegas Golden Knights through free agency within this window. He's the big fish pending unrestricted free agent. And I think Vegas will throw the house at him in order to get him to sign. So I'm going to pick a player from Washington who is also a defenseman. This is basically just a placeholder pick, if you want to call it that. 
But there's actually a good young defenseman on Washington that I would want to grab for my future, that being Nate Schmidt. He's only 25 years old. He's not making very much against the cap. He only made just over 800000 last year. He's a pending restricted free agent right now. So if they didn't throw the house at Kevin Shattenkirk, that's the player from Washington that I would wind up picking. I gave a lot of thought to uh, Tyler Grauvik, I believe is how you pronounce his name. And somebody on Twitter told me that we just call him Gravy Train. So Tyler Gravy Train, I gave a lot of thought to him. And, you know, there's a couple of other players that you could kind of look at there. Brett Connolly, maybe, if you wanted to look that way. Jay Beagle still under contract at the end of the season and would be easy to flip at the trade deadline if you really wanted to go that way. But I grabbed the defenseman as a placeholder and took 25-year-old Nate Schmidt from the Washington Capitals. That's our team, ladies and gentlemen. We've got through all 30 picks of our mock expansion draft. And here's the team as it stands right now. Again, we've got 30 out of 30 players, 16 of 14 forwards, 11 out of 19 defensemen, three out of three goaltenders, 21 of 20 contracts for the upcoming season. So we've fulfilled that. We've spent $48.1 million. We only had to get to the floor of 43.8. So we beat that by over 4 million bucks. And we obviously couldn't spend over the maximum cap of $73 million, even though that is going up to 75, we are currently being held to 73. So here's the team and we're going to organize this by cap hit and we're going to start with the forwards. From San Jose, I took Michael Bodker. From St. Louis, I took David Perron. From Philadelphia, I took Matt Reed. From Minnesota, I took Eric Stahl. From the New York Islanders, I took Ryan Strom. From the Jersey Devils, I took Devontae Smith-Pelly. From the Columbus Blue Jackets, I took William Carlson. From Calgary, I took Hunter Shinkarik. From Toronto, I took Kirby Reichel. From Winnipeg, I took Marco Dano. From Florida, I took Jonathan Marcichaud. From Montreal, I took Charles Houdon. And I have four pending restricted free agents right now. Uh, from Carolina, I took Andre Nestrasil. From Arizona, I took Alexander Burmistrov. From the New York Rangers, I took Jesper Fast. And from Nashville, I took Pontus Aberge. And now if we look at the defense, again, arranged by cap hit. From Ottawa, we took Mark Mathot. From Anaheim, we took Sammy Vatanen. From Vancouver, we took Lucas Sabisa. From the Los Angeles Kings, we took Braden McNabb. From Boston, we took Colin Miller. From Chicago, we took Trevor Van Riemsdyk. And we have five pending restricted free agents on the defensive side. From Dallas, we took Jamie Alexiak. From Edmonton, we took Griffin Reinhardt. From Washington, we took Nate Schmidt. From Tampa Bay, we took Slater Cuckoo. And from Detroit, we took Xavier Ouellette. And in goal, obviously, we took Marc-Andre Fleury from Pittsburgh. We took Calvin Pickard to punish them for not protecting him from Colorado. And from Buffalo, our final pick, we took Linus Ulmark. So there it is, folks. There is our Vegas Golden Knights roster. We've spent just over $48 million. We've got $24 million, just under $25 million in cap space to spend. As I mentioned, I believe Kevin Shattenkirk will be a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. 
I believe Alex Radulov will probably be a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. I believe Michael Stone will be a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. There's all kinds of fun stuff that's going to happen between now and Wednesday. What does your mock draft look like? If you used capfriendly.com, which is what I used, I've also used planmyteam.com, which is an excellent alternative website if for whatever reason you don't like cap friendly they've been excellent and the guys behind planmyteam.com are actually really great and really accessible and you can talk to them they're great guys as well use whatever tool you like but what does your vegas golden knights franchise look like let me know in the comment section below link me to it if you possibly can so we can take a look and i'm hoping for a ton of conversation in the comment section below about who you take who you don't take based on who's available plus after the actual team has been drafted after the nhl awards we're going to come back on here we're going to do a little bit of a vegas golden knights post-mortem i guess we'll look at who they took what their team looks like who they got in free agency and just see how we feel about who they've actually taken in the real world that's it for me Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Really looking forward to Wednesday and the next couple of days as they come. I hope you are as well. Can't wait to hear your comments in the comment section below. I am sure that they're going to be very interesting and there'll be a lot of lively debate about taking one player over another and potential deals that might be there. Can't wait to talk about those. We'll see you in the comments section.